0: Well, we have announced tonight the subject, the unholy spirit. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, the book of Ezekiel tonight, chapter 28. Ezekiel comes just before Daniel, chapter 28 of Ezekiel. It is so good to see so many of you here tonight. I'm looking forward to the day when every Sunday night this place will be packed. And we're moving that way. And I'm just so blessed to have all of you here. Thank you for coming. Verse 11, Ezekiel 28. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground, I laid you before kings, that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. With that, I would direct your attention to the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, to see the end of this being that we just read about in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. Verse 7 of chapter 20, Revelation. Now when the thousand years have expired... Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Going back to that last verse in Ezekiel 28, you have become a horror and shall be no more forever. It is no doubt at all that this passage in Ezekiel is speaking of the one that we have come to address tonight, the unholy spirit. He is called Beelzebub, he is called Lucifer, he is called Satan, he is called the son of the morning. There are many titles, along with the title, Devil. In Time magazine was this statement, A wave of fascination with the occult is noticeable throughout the country. It first became apparent a few years ago in the astrology boom, but today it also extends all the way from Satanism and witchcraft to the edges of science. End of quote. Now, a secular writer has had an insight into what we as Christians ought to be able to see very clearly, yet sometimes I think we fail to see it. I don't know that you are aware that there is a school of the occult which is accredited in the state of Maryland. A university, if you will, called the Aquarian University we are seeing an unprecedented measure of activity from His infernal majesty, Satan, the unholy spirit. A careful analysis of the personality of Satan, speaking of his wisdom and his beauty, is the passage of Ezekiel 28. I would encourage you to underscore it and ever remember that section in the Old Testament, which is, as I say, a description or an an analysis of this personality. The enviable qualities that Satan had were those things that corrupted him. That which he had was very... Pronounced and very beautiful and very good, but used wrongfully became his doom. God brings, therefore, a sixfold response to the satanic revolution in Ezekiel chapter 28, concluding with that 19th verse I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. But in the meanwhile, the scripture is clear. He will be a terror until his final defeat and committal to the lake of fire, as we read in Revelation 20. Circle, if you will, the word terror. You will be a terror... And that is the focal word of Ezekiel 28 for this hour, for 1986. He is a terror in our time, and we're going to have to cope with him. Now, I don't like to give a lot of time to the devil. I don't like to use the pulpit to exalt the devil, to make the devil known. But there are times when I must, and now is the time. Satan began with the subversion of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, as you are well aware. But he did not end there. That subversion continues to this very moment until it is obvious that Satan's desire is to corrupt the entire human race. What I see happening before our very eyes is an effort on the part of hell to call for public identification that people will not only be identified with him but that they will be possessed by him. I have in my hand a book The title is The Witch That Switched. I have not met this lady. She has been on most of the television religious programs such as PTL and so forth, even on Channel 42. Her name is Irene Park. She lives in Florida. But this is the most intriguing story of what I just said which I believe to be Satan's greatest desire and effort in this hour as the unholy spirit, to not only get people to identify with him, but to be possessed by him. At the age of three, Irene had a very traumatic experience which opened her up to demonic forces. She became very frightened, enraged, and confused. No one could console or explain the situation to the little girl. She was enveloped with terror and hatred. Something clicked inside her on that day, and she was abducted by the powers of darkness. Now, the introduction in this story is in itself most enlightening you are about to read a most remarkable testimony of God's grace. It is hard to imagine that Irene Park was once the high, wicked witch of Florida. However, she was, and according to her own testimony, she was the most wicked woman in America before being born again. A drug dealer, pervert, smuggler, member of the underworld, worshiper of Satan, and a blasphemer. Irene Park was these and more Then Jesus Christ came The witch that switched It can happen and does happen To the glory of God But my point is that more and more We are witnessing in the world This kind of possession Satan began with Adam and Eve He moves through the millions of earth today subtly and deadly to indoctrinate them with his doctrine and with his bondage, bringing millions, literally, under his influence. Now, my effort tonight is going to be basically to show you several areas in which the unholy spirit is working in this present time. I want to begin first with Satanism. That is a term that most of us have become familiar with. We have read about it in magazines, we have seen it alluded to in newspapers, and certainly in some religious books. Satanism. Satanism is the public worship of Satan himself. In Satanistic churches, they sing songs like we sing. Every day with Satan is sweeter than the day before. For example, I love him, I love him because he first loved me. Speaking of Satan. Now it's absurd for us to even think of such a thing. But that is exactly what is happening in the church of Satan. Some of us became aware of the church of Satan in San Francisco under the leadership or pastoral scrutiny of a man by the name of Anton Levey 10,000 carefully screened members were a part of that church these members participated in uninhibited exhibitions of nakedness and orgy levey said years ago in a leading magazine there is a demon inside man, and it must be exercised, not exorcised, channeled into ritualized hatred. And so it began in this modern time. Satanism moved from the Bay Area of California to major cities of the United States. And I dare say tonight, though I do not have proof of this, only by hearsay and what I have been able to gather, I dare say that there is the worship of Satan in every leading community in the United States of America while we worship here in Capitol Christian Center tonight. And what goes on in the church of Satan is incredible. The sacrifice of infants the literal taking of their lives. I have some accounts here with me that I'm not even going to share with you because they are so bizarre and so nauseating. But it is a known fact that Satanists do not just use animals, but they are using babies and human beings to sacrifice to Satan on the altar of the Church of Satan. Now, if a situation can occur, like I read to you from Irene Park, where at three years old, something snaps, something happens, an evil spirit enters into a little girl, should it not be that every family represented at Capital Christian Center do what the Israelites did in Exodus chapter 12? put the blood of Jesus on the doorposts and on the lintels of the home. We have power through the blood of Jesus and through the word of our testimony to protect us from the onslaught of the church of Satan. And we must appropriate that blessing in this wicked hour. Added to this, The story has gone around, and it's a true story that one of our ministers was traveling on an airplane, and the stewardess came with the food, and the two people sitting next to the minister did not take the food. They said, No, they don't care for the food, they were fasting. And so the minister thought, Well, here we have some friends in the Lord. And so struck up a conversation. Well, you must be believers in Jesus Christ if you're fasting. They looked angrily at him and said, absolutely not. We are praying to Satan against every Christian minister and his family in America. We are fasting and we are praying to Satan that every minister and his family will be destroyed by the power of the devil. You can imagine what our friend felt like as he flew through the air with the greatest of ease. Now, the Satanistic church is not composed of vagrants. It is composed of army officers, executives, tradesmen, housewives, even ministers and religious leaders. They do not come from the ranks of the bazaar and the lunatic. Some of them may be near to you in your job day by day during the week but they are very cunningly working to destroy everything that you and I would be willing to die for in the United States of America. It is a very subtle and yet a very powerful thing indeed. We are well advised by the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He is on the move, and it is especially seen in the church of Satan in America today. But there is another group, and it's the group that we call the witchcraft group. Sybil of Florida became very wealthy from the sale of her books on witchcraft and the occult. I don't know if it is still true or not, but at one time, Pan American Airlines conducted a psychic tour of Great Britain for $629 round trip to study witchcraft and the occult in Great Britain. Each month, when the moon is full, devotees... Of this form of worship gather in homes or on hilltops in glens and riversides to conduct their incantations. Now, the interesting thing about their worship is that most of the time it's in the nude. There is something about the unholy spirit that settles around nudism. So as we look at the broader scheme, the broader scope, teeing off, as it were, on witchcraft, which centers in nudism as far as their worship and their ceremonies are concerned, what do you think we're facing in America today When we look at the pornography and we look at the XXX rated films that are available now in the very living rooms and family rooms of our homes through videotape, what do you think we're facing? We're facing the work of witchcraft. We are facing the unholy spirit taking videotape and polluting the minds and the spirits of people all over this land. Hold on to your seats. I have in my office validated proof of a minister who was released, of course, when this was discovered from his ministry, who on Sunday nights went home with XXX-rated videotapes because he said it relaxed him after the busy, enormous day of ministry that he just went through. Reveling in nudism. Now, I am not so stupid as to stand here and think that I'm not talking to some people tonight who have similar tendencies. And with the authority of God Almighty, I want to say to you tonight that you are dabbling in nothing less than witchcraft. You are getting on territory that is the unholy spirit's territory And there is no way that you will survive with the Holy Spirit because the unholy Spirit is moving in, undermining everything that the Holy Spirit would ever want to do in your life. It is from the pits of hell and it surrounds itself always with nudism and the body. It becomes a God. Lust is a horrible thing. And if the devil can't get you one way, he'll get you another. And in our time, it is rising like the smoke of a furnace. And I must alert you, dear friends, to the possibilities that are everywhere around us today. Beware. I just had a wonderful meeting with about a hundred folk who came to hear me out about joining this church. I went through some admonitions that we have put together in the back of our Constitution and bylaws for Christians who seek to live a holy life. I was very bold when I put those together. This is the pastor's desire. This would be the pastor's heart. Shun worldly amusements. Period. Avoid them like a plague. Avoid the theater, avoid the dance floor, avoid the card room, avoid these places where witchcraft is having a heyday right now. It is very, very difficult to find anything that's put together by Hollywood today that doesn't have at its core something to do with nudity. And if the witchcraft followers are standing on hills or in valleys in the nude, worshiping Satan, then I have to say to you, in God's name, wake up and stay away from this insidious foe that seeks to destroy you and pull you to hell. It's nothing less than the work of witchcraft. There is another group. The term is spiritism the attempt to recall the spirits of the dead. Now, I don't suppose too many of us have been involved in this kind of thing, but since World War II, it has been on the rise in America like you wouldn't believe. And what brought it about in some ways was that people who lost loved ones in the war seemingly began to seek out people who worked in these areas to contact their loved ones who had been lost in battle. Some of them were missing in action, MIAs. And so those who worked in spiritism got richer and richer because there was a desire on the part of these relatives to contact the loved one or at least find some facts Concerning them, you'll remember the name Bishop James Pike, the Episcopalian, who gave spiritism a great boost here in the United States when his son committed suicide and James Pike began through spiritism to contact his son who took his life under the influence of drugs a bishop of the Episcopal Church. He began to talk about contacting his son, about this experience, spiritual experience, of contacting the dead. Now, some call it spiritualism and have counseling sessions and miracles of healing. But it's no more than the unholy spirit working as a substitute to the Holy Spirit. There is not a thing that God has ever instituted spiritually that the devil has not tried to counterfeit. Not one. He is a copycat. He will try to impersonate everything that God ever set in motion in this world. So it is not unlikely for us to hear of places that have miracles of healing, but in the name of spiritualism, which is just a sophisticated name for spiritism. There is a man by the name of Ford, a Protestant minister, who formed a group known as the Spiritual Frontiers Fellowship. To open a bridge between traditional Christianity and the occult. Now that takes a lot of theological brains. But Mr. Ford had that kind of brain and that kind of spirit and what he did in his effort to join together Protestantism and Spiritism was to get on the territory of the unholy spirit and open himself to all the demons of hell. There is another. It is called Druidism. Now this is not so much heard of, but yet it is a part of today a pre-Christian English pagan religion that practiced human sacrifice. We could tie Druidism in with Satanism or the Church of Satan because they are now doing what the Druids did, taking human life and sacrificing it to the devil. Druid was a member of a religious order to priests, prophets, and poets. Now, of course... All around us in Northern California, there are places where these practices are entered into. Berkeley, years ago, became perhaps the most prominent of all in our region. And God only knows how many other places where, by fact, actual human sacrifice was used. In the Waukegan News, there was a report that human babies have been put to death in pagan practices by Chicago suburban young people. A 20-year-old man spoke of parties, booze, drugs, and sex, and a deserted barn where was an altar covered with a cloth. This was his report. There was this chant and offering and they had these babies up on this altar and they took this knife and made these cuts in them and caught up the blood in this cup and drank it and then killed them. Well, as I said earlier, it's just almost difficult to mention. But yet, because we don't talk about it, because we refuse to face what is evidently fact, There are young people at our very fingertips and under our noses that are being seduced by the unholy spirit in things that look exciting and exhilarating and challenging and experiment in all of these things not realizing that in so doing they are actually turning their personality over to this unholy spirit that is described in Ezekiel chapter 28. Parents, be on the alert. Be on the alert. Know where your kids are. Know what they're reading. Know what they're looking at. Set some guidelines and some rules because the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeing how many of your children he can devour if not you yourself. There are many other practices of today. Astrology. I don't know how many millions of people consult the horoscope in the United States every day. One time I read 10 million, but that's got to be low. I'm sure it's more. And lo and behold, I discover from time to time that there are folk in the church who can't wait for the morning paper to see what the day's going to be like. Astrology. Friends, are you listening? It's the unholy spirit. The devil would like nothing more than to get a hold of your day and make you walk with such fear that you wouldn't be free to listen or hear God's voice at all. That still small voice that will speak to guide you. So people are studying something of Satan in order to discover what to do with their day. God help us. If you have that tendency, here is my suggestion. Cancel your newspaper subscription first thing in the morning. You'll get along fine without it. Get the temptation out from under your nose and do it immediately. There is another area, we call it extrasensory perception, ESP. The Ouija board has become as popular as the Monopoly game once was. I was so sheltered when I grew up, I only knew about flinch and Monopoly. I didn't know anything about Ouija boards, and when I saw the word, I wondered, what in the world is that word? O-U-I-J-A, O-U-I-J-A board. And then I got wise. One young man reported that when somebody mentioned about God and Christ to the Ouija board, the lights in the room went out, just, just like that. There are all kinds of stories of supernatural things occurring in the room where the Ouija board is. And there again, I, once in a while, not often, once in a while... Deal with somebody who has had experience with the Ouija board somewhere and still has it somewhere in the closet. It's no wonder some of our homes are like they are. We need a house cleaning even though it's not spring yet. We need to get some things out of there. There are games on the market today that are satanic in origin. We have been fighting Dungeons and Dragons for years now. Now they just change the names. War games. All kinds of space-like stuff. Weird stuff. I would suggest to all of you here who have anything that would connect with anything that I'm saying, and there's no way that I can cover it all in these few moments, When you get home, just turn on every light in that whole house and just start saying, Jesus, 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 and don't stop until you've gone through every closet and into every corner and ripped that stuff out, whatever it is, records, games, puzzles, videos, I don't care what it is, Ouija boards, and you get out to the farthest point of your property and dump that stuff in a garbage can and pray that the garbage collector will come early this week to pick it up. Get rid of it. Get it out of your house. Then, of course, there's fortune-telling cards and palmistry. We have them right here in Sacramento. The crystal ball continues to prosper as people submit to speculative counseling and prophecies. Sometimes that kind of thing can enter into the church under the guise of the gifts of the Spirit. That's why Paul said that the person who prophesies should be known by the people where the prophecy is taking place. No stranger can come into the church of Jesus Christ and prophesy and be received by the members of that church because they must be known. The Bible indicates that if there be no interpreter present, then the person who gave the message in tongues must interpret, which indicates that you need to know the congregation before those gifts should ever function. So friends, be careful. There are a lot of small group things going on out from under the jurisdiction of the church. They are begun by people who are no less than satanistic people who prophesy so-called in the name of the Lord but are not prophesying in the spirit of the Lord. And they need to be marked and you need to get under the wise counsel and the wise jurisdiction of the church with proper leadership and proper control because this thing is running like wildfire through the church of Jesus Christ today. That's why we have established these small groups with proper control so that Satan could never come in to destroy what God wants to do in a permanent and in an eternal way. Are you listening to me? Occultism in all of its forms is a rebellion against the sovereignty of God in his universe and a rejection of the responsibility of man to respond to that sovereignty it was what got Satan into trouble in the beginning he rebelled against the sovereignty of God and he rejected the responsibility that was his and God had no alternative but to cast him out of heaven and he became the enemy of God's people Paul's letter to Timothy, first letter, chapter four, verse one, gives a relative and relevant announcement concerning some of the satanic activity of our time. Why don't you open to first Timothy chapter four for just a moment and look with me at what the apostle, the apostle Paul said to his young son in the faith about the activity of which I have been speaking. Verse 1, 1 Timothy 4. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now I don't think I'm even going to read any further. Notice what it says. The Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, who is going to depart? Who is it? It's the faithful, it's not the people out there running on the streets. It's not the person that's never heard. Those he is speaking about depart from the faith. How do they depart? They give ear or heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now we say incredible and yet we ought not to say it because it's occurring. I could name people, and I will not, who once sat in the seats you're sitting in tonight who thought somebody had a little more of God than Pastor Cole had. Someone had a little more of God than the deacons of this church had. Some group in some corner somewhere was more spiritual than this church was spiritual. Do you know what it was? It was doctrines of devils and deceiving spirits. And today they have no interest in the church of Jesus Christ. They have no interest in this book. All they want is to sit around and exercise one another. And it's tragic and it breaks my heart, but nonetheless it's true. Therefore, I speak to you tonight from my heart. Beware and be careful. Now, let me hurry on the subversion of Satan. His greatest work is not seduction, it's subversion. For every one person involved in witchcraft or Satan worship, there are tens of thousands who have been subverted by Satan, this unholy spirit. Every person in the world who is not a Christian is aptly described in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. In time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This dark spirit works within the heart of every person who has neglected or failed to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior. He has subverted the claims of Christ in your life. He has not seduced you. He has just subverted you. You have not come into a place of faith. Listen again. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. It's subversion. That's his tactic. It has been and always will be. So you're saying, and you should, Pastor, tell me what's my defense? What can I do? How should I live? All right. That's what I will tell you as I move to a close. Number one, get this now. Here's how you stand against this spirit in this time. You won't have to worry about it. You won't have to go around thinking now, is the devil subverting me? Is the devil getting into my life? I never even think of that. That doesn't concern me one iota. The thing that concerns me is this that I'm about to tell you. Take to yourself the mind of Christ. Put on the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2, 5. The intelligence of Jesus Christ becomes ours when we let him think his thoughts through us. Hallelujah. That's what I try to do every day of my life. I want to be thinking what Jesus is thinking. And I'll tell you the least of his worries is old Sloughfoot. He's already dealt with him. He's already stepped on his head. What Jesus is concerned about is you and me and getting us to follow him completely and totally. Now we have this book, the Bible, the Word. The Bible speaks in two ways of the Word. We have the written Word and we have the living Word. The living Word is Jesus Christ. The written Word is the Bible. The Word became flesh, Jesus, and dwelled among us. Let this mind be in you which was also in Jesus Christ. So as you get into the written Word and you begin thinking the mind through the mind of Jesus Christ, the living Word, spiritual seduction and satanic subversion is absolutely and totally impossible. It cannot happen. The word overcomes and the mind of Christ thinks through the subversion of the devil. There's a second way and I've already alluded to it earlier but let me put it in order. Avoid mystical activities and involvements. Did you get it? Avoid mystical activities and involvements. Tea leaves, numbers games, Ouija boards, horoscopes, devilish devices. And add to that, please, mysterious religious practices. These folk who are always in the ozone somewhere. I mean, they're floating around. Ooh, you ought to come to this meeting. Ooh, somebody prophesy. Ooh. Hang it on your nose. (laughs) My Jesus isn't a mystic. He's a plain, ordinary guy who communicates to us plainly and clearly and without this, you can mark them in a minute. Mysterious, religious practices. They can become as devastating as the Ouija board. Avoid it. Third thing. This is going to be the hardest. Maybe. Give yourself to prayer. Do you remember the song? And oft escape the tempter's snare. By thy return, sweet hour of prayer. I love that line. And oft escaped the tempter's snare. By thy return, sweet hour of prayer. Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Do you talk to God regularly? Are you communicating with the Father? Friend, there's no way the devil can get through to you if you're communicating regularly with the Father. And what is prayer? It's exactly what I said, communication, just talking to God, letting Him know what's on your heart, and He answers. Learn how to pray. Forth, learn to identify satanic activity. I use as an example Peter, when he came to Jesus in Mark eight thirty-three, and he rebuked Christ for speaking of death and the cross. And do you remember what Jesus said, Peter? <laughs> get thee behind me, Satan. Who, me? You see, Jesus identified that spirit, just like that. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. You see, it can happen with an apostle. He endeavored to rebuke Christ, and Christ recognized the source of Peter's words. It wasn't really Peter. It was the unholy spirit who, threw Peter, said, now, Jesus, don't talk about death. Don't talk about the cross. You see, Satan didn't want Jesus to get to that cross. He knew it would be his undoing. So he takes an unlikely suspect like Peter and he says, talk to Jesus. Tell him, don't do that. And Jesus whirled and spoke right straight to the source. He said, thee behind me slew foot. Satan knew he had met his match again. What am I saying? Learn to identify satanic activity. Well, you say, how can I do that? The Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices. There is a gift in 1 Corinthians 12 called discernment. Pray for the spirit of discernment. You won't get anything you don't pray for. So ask the Lord to give you the spirit of discernment and you will identify satanic activity every time. There will be like a gong going off inside of you that says, this ain't right. And you'll learn to obey it. Follow. There's one more. Be a Christian overcomer. Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now this is the point I like. (laughs) We get so tied up sometimes with how to destroy and how to defeat, we forget the positive. I want every one of you to say it with me tonight. I am going to be a Christian overcomer. Here we go. I am going to be a Christian overcomer. Say it again. I am going to be a Christian overcomer. Quote with me Revelation twelve eleven. They overcame him by what? The blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. How? The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You can pick old devil out every time with that verse. I've sat people down and I've said, all right, say after me. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and by the word of their testimony. There have been times when they couldn't repeat it, and I knew exactly what I was dealing with. Because the devil hates that verse. It's the overcomer's verse. It's the person who lives above the power of the enemy, above the power of the unholy spirit. It's the person's testimony who's living in the power of Jesus Christ, who has the mind of Christ and he's overcoming Satan daily by the word of his testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. And there's nothing that can break through that beautiful duet in Revelation 12, 11. I'll just give it to you and say there's nothing you can ever get to improve on. it. It'll work. You don't need to be pushed around. I refuse to let you be pushed around, sheep. You're not going to be kicked over the precipice. You're not going to be defeated. You're not going to be destroyed. We are going to overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We're going to be overcomers in Jesus Christ. I want to close with Ephesians 6, and I want you to hold it in your hand. I've got more I could say, but I know it's time to stop. We'll pick it up again some other Sunday night. I've got a whole other message I can share with you. Would you like me to do that sometime? I'll be happy to do that. You persuade me and I'll do it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. What does it say above that verse? The whole armor of what? God. Do you think it's worthwhile? It's as though Paul the apostle by the spirit is saying now here's the conclusion of the whole thing. Here's the conclusion the pastor calls message. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> now be nice. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How do you do that? Simple. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. What's, what's that? The wiles. That's what your kids get involved in sometime when they're quite young. They learn how to trick you. It's the wiles of your children. It's your nature in them that's not yet been controlled. You know that. Well, the wiles of the devil are those things that are bizarre, and they're out of sync, and they're treacherous. But you can stand against them. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You know that, don't you, after this message. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, here it is again, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, you can't play around, it's got to be right living, you can't try to live in the world and in the church, too. You've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness along with the waist of truth. And then on your feet, you put the preparation of the gospel of peace. You're not a tailbearer. You're not a toddler. You're not a disease spreader. You put on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. You're a peacemaker. You walk around with the Spirit of Jesus Christ to bring blessing and not cursing, to bring a lift and not a put-down. That's the preparation of the gospel of peace. You put that on your feet. So everywhere you walk, you're a blessing. Hallelujah. God give us people like that. Above all. Now what does that mean? It means it's the most important thing we're going to say right now. Above all, take the shield of faith. Why is that the most important? Because the shield of faith is not fastened to any particular part of the body. It is movable. You put your hand up through that thing on the back you hold on with all your might and wherever the darts are coming you put the shield of faith in front of those darts if they're over here you move it here if it's over here you move it here if he's coming behind you you turn around and put it there that's why he says above all else you have the shield of faith because the devil can't get at you anywhere when you have faith and you move that faith wherever the devil is coming at you, you say like Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. He cannot stand because the shield of faith is protecting every unguarded area of your life. Hallelujah. Put on faith, church. Put on faith. And take the helmet of salvation. Oh, God, give us the helmet of salvation. So we don't think evil. So we don't think ill. Our minds are kept by the power of God. Can you picture having on your head the helmet of salvation? Oh, how important. And the sword of the Spirit Now this is the offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, (laughs) right through the gizzard. (laughs) And what is the sword of the Spirit? The Word of God. Nothing in hell on earth can stand against the sword, God's Spirit. We have an enemy the unholy spirit. He wants to destroy every one of you and every family represented, our nation. But thank God we can put on the armor. We can be equipped like a good soldier. And in this war, we'll win. God bless the word to your heart. Write it on your heart. Put it where Just hold on just a minute, if you will. Catch you in a minute, okay? Just, just be seated a minute. We'll catch you at the end. Put it on. Write it on your heart. Talk to your children. Don't leave this thing for very many days as a family unit. Make sure that you've got this thing into the minds and hearts of those kids that sit around your table in your home. Let them know that they don't have to be pushed around, they don't have to be insulted by the devil, they don't have to fall prey to his insults and all of his aptitudes, but they can be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ as they put on the whole armor of God. All right? You got it? If you need the tape to rehearse it, It's available out there and use it any way that you can. Let's stand together, please.